Hello guys and welcome back to Tina Rich with Hooligan. How's it been? How's it going? I hope you guys are doing well out there. Okay, so it is summer. It is fucking hot out there, bro. It's fucking hot. Like I don't understand. It's just ridiculous. Um, I feel bad for all these areas going through extreme heat waves. Um, New York has been constantly under state of attack by its own fucking air. I kid you not. It doesn't feel good out here. Um, <laughs> but regardless of that, uh, the tourists are back. Of course they are. And we're just having a quote-unquote blast. So, I have been letting the manwas and mangas accumulate over time. Because sometimes I feel like these people don't post enough. It's a me thing, I know. Because I should give them some space and some time. But fucking Christ, sometimes like I just really want to like binge read. And so I have to let things accumulate. And they don't accumulate as fast as I hoped they would. I stopped reading for like almost a whole month. And I feel like I came back to only like a few little sprinkly sprinkly chapters. But regardless, I'm going to update on them. Because I'm here for that. So let's start with Aned. Okay, I don't know if you've heard about this. It's infamous at this point. Um, By the way, BTW, like... um. There is an upcoming printed version of this coming soon in, if I'm mistaken, around November to October. So if you're interested in getting a printed version, that's how you do it. You can put in your pre-orders now. Um, and it has gone, um, okay, look, it's weird because it's like high-key incesty. Like, and it's not like a father son incesty it's more like a uncle's incesty where the uncle is the victim incesty um yeah it sounds crazy but you gotta gotta believe me on this um (laughs) and it's just taking a turn for the weirder and um i remember i actually did some research into some of the story and this is not how it was portrayed but um I'm, i'm interested in how they're doing it right now it's definitely a page turner because I don't want to spoil it. There, it's based obviously on a mythological story for Egyptians. So if you know that, then you at least have a good base to start. If you don't, the story, in my own lamest terms, that is like absolute basic, basic. Uh, what happens is there were two gods and goddesses that were the main ones. Um, let me find out. I don't want to fuck up the name. <laughs> so give me a second. Okay, found it. So the story goes that um, Osiris, the god of creation at a period of time, not fully, but somewhat uh, also known as the god of Egypt, uh, impregnated his brother's set wife. Um, they were also, they were all related, by the way, BTW, they were all related, um, but they were gods, so I guess it makes it okay. And, um, so, yeah, Set's wife, Nephysis, got impregnated by Osiris, leading, um, Set to go and try to kill Osiris. This upsets Isis, which is his wife, and also their sister, their common sister. It's ugh, it sounds horrible for me to say this. Um, also the sister, and when Osiris uh is killed, Set 
chops off his body and spreads his body all throughout the Nile and Egypt to kind of make sure he doesn't come back together again because gods are technically Loki immortal. So that doesn't make that doesn't make Isis happy. So she tries to go on a, a hunt and f- set um and put her brother husband all together. Eventually he does, but he doesn't come back because he now transforms into the god of the underworld. That's how the story goes. But from what I'm remembering, Set doesn't really have any children of his own. But in this story, Set um, is a redhead. And he, by the way, he's supposed to be the god of sand and war. So fun fact. Um, and this version of events in the, the BL, what happens is supposedly Osiris is actually married, is married to Isis, but he's always been in love with his brother Set. Now, Set isn't gay, or at least doesn't know he's gay at this point. Um, and he... Osiris is just obsessed with Set. He wants him. He wants him close. And to kind of... How do I say this? Feel closer to Set and kind of make that bond. He does uh, very inappropriate things. By the way, this is a lot of essay and lots of uh, trigger warnings. Like, literally, if you couldn't figure that out. Like, tons of trigger warnings for this. Um... uh, messes with uh, Nemphis to produce a child that's supposed to be part set, part Osiris, part you know, like a weird mix but the gods aren't really for it they don't really know what's happening they just see that Set goes after Osiris after he quote unquote impregnates Nemphis by the way, in this horn of events, um Isis is pregnant, and if I'm not mistaken, she was pregnant in the original story too, but that wasn't really consequential. Um, so she's pregnant, and she ends up giving birth, trying to put his body together, but he refuses to come back and doesn't give a real any kind of fucks about her because he wasn't in love with her. He just went with her to kind of keep the quote unquote family together and to play a role, but who he really loved the whole time was actually set this leads isis to be jealous and this leads set to sit there and be like you know what she's probably gonna come after me within logic and reason so he tries to go on a hunt for every and any woman that had that looks like isis so basically committing a genocide to try and find his sister and there's a whole bunch of things that happens blah 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 but it ends up that Isis and Osiris's son ends up growing up and now he's challenging Set for the throne that he has now taken that belonged to his father. But he somehow falls into the same obsession that his father did. Like he is absolutely in love and tempted by this beautiful man's red hair and his just gorgeous eyes and he's just like essaying him basically but he's not as strong as his father so that kind of fights him off much better than he did the other guy but of course life keeps entangling them together 
And when it comes down to the competition of godhood and to become the next king of Egypt, Set ends up failing and getting put into exile due to all the things that he's done basically against Isis and all the followers of Isis. It is a crazy story and it is super interesting and at current point he has been his godly powers have been bound as a punishment but um Isis's son is watching him and basically trying to protect him from all evil while other people try and possess him and the more he gains redemption for his sins the more powers he retains it's very interesting and very sick there were times I had to completely stop reading it um but there were times that I would just be fascinated by where the story was going it was super interesting so it's been updating constantly right now it's at like 136 chapters it is all interesting and not always beautiful but very well told because there's a lot of characters that play into this and it's kind of crazy how you see how um their emotions affect their leadership but you can kind of feel for each one side you can kind of feel for the only one i don't feel for is um osiris i don't feel for him because he's kind of a lucky idiot i'm like bro just you could have just gone for your brother for realsies instead of doing all the crazy shit that you did involving both of your sisters one that you completely manipulated the other one that you used it's terrible like i think the real villain of the story (laughs) i'm not gonna lie the real villain of this whole entire story and i don't know if other people have caught on is definitely osiris in this like he is the worst he's the catalyst for all the events and it's i know that they supposed they tried to justify a little bit but it's like Bro, the shit that he did was not even cute. Like, it was not even okay. So, another thing that I have been caught up on reading is, which I feel like there's not enough of, When the Killer Falls in Love. Now, I have been writing this... (laughs) I have been writing this story for a very, very long time. And I can honestly say, I cannot get enough. Whoever's writing this... Get the fuck on it, bro. Get the fuck on it, bro. Like, brinca. Brinca, bro. Brinca. I need you to... With this. Anyways. <laughs> it's good. It's murder, mister. It's like... You guys know. You guys know. I'm not gonna repeat this, but... Yeah. Super, like, invested. Super interested. Um, Hey, that reminds me. So, there's a side story going on with, um dangerous convenience store (laughs) one of my favorites of all time so dangerous convenience store um there's a side story going on and it's like a little bit of a back in time alternative universe situation and it's good it's good and did you know and did you know that there is a book coming out around November to December 
for JJ's convenience store. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. And it is in my cart. It's in my cart. It's in my cart because I cannot wait. Honestly, I should have pre-ordered it. And I'm probably going to do that when I get a little bit more money because um, right now I'm trying to pay for some courses that I want to take. Um, Put some money away for that. But otherwise than that, bro, I'm excited. Do I think? Do I excited? <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to actually pick it up and have it just to have it and i will reread it as soon as i get it it's just gonna be a thing so yeah that's been updated as well um i'm still reading como se llama love in orbit but mm, it's okay i'm not gonna really recommend it as of yet but what i am gonna recommend is shutline okay so the plot is thinking korean m&m is giving um how much more could I recommend this? Okay, so it's not one of my top ones, but it's definitely one I'm consciously trying to keep up with. And the only reason I say that is because it is very interesting. The characters all have their own motivation. You don't know who's who. We just had a huge revelation right now with one of, with Korean Eminem. And I'm shook to my core because I did not expect it. But otherwise than that, bro, this shit is it's kicking it's kicking i like it um yeah so that's <laughs> that's a guess for me okay now let me talk about one of the more controversial things i know that i talked about an edit that's really controversial in itself but let's talk about my hate relationship with jinx So Jinx is 27 <laughs> chapters in at this point. And everything that has happened is pissing me off in many ways. Um, and like I don't even know how to say it without sounding like a dick. But I'm going to do my best at this point, right? So we have that giant fucking wrestler asshole who is complete piece of sh- Let me stop. And now they're trying to justify some of his behavior. Like, it is it is bad. It is so bad. But now he's quote-unquote doing good deeds. And I'm like, he's not really doing any good deeds. He's doing it to be in self-interest. And to me, if you're doing good deeds, quote-unquote, but it's to interest yourself, then you're not really doing good deeds. You're doing performance art. Right? Can we just agree with that? Anyways. So this guy's doing performance art, kind of, in his own way. And who knew he had a little fucking fan at the gym. And he's been licking his boots, trying to get his chance to kind of spar with him and train with him. But guess who he decides to train with instead of, you know, the actual boxer? Um, The fucking doc. The skinny ass, little ass, twink ass, no offense to him, he's a good boy, um, <laughs> doctor, physical therapist, and honestly, watching those chapters reminded me of why I still personally want to kick his ass, but when he did get a punch in, I was kind of happy, I was just mad about the results of it. I'm not going to go into it because I'm, I'm honestly waiting till it's done to give a full in-depth review of how they try to manage 
to make him seem like that that bad of a guy and I know they're gonna do it by trying to be like oh it's cause he's misunderstood and honestly I I can't wait for the bullshit to start I'm not gonna lie I cannot I for the life of, for the life of me no puede esperar so also I finished reading Boss Bitch Baby um can we say that that shit was good okay um it was dramatic at many points and uh, most of it could be fixed with some like fucking communication but it was funny it was interesting it was pretty the art was cute and overall it wasn't a bad read it was just not anything spectacular. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is so sweet. Or, oh my god, this is so toxic. It was kind of like something mm, midway. It was not too bad. Um, by the way, I'm letting, uh, what's it called? Remarried Empress just go on. I'm just letting it pop off, Queen. And so I decided to return. Because the last time I left, I was in 100 chapters or something like that. And now it's in chapter 139. I'm just going to let it pile up. Until the day that it just like, oh, let me just go for it. Anyways, so another thing I have been reading and it's not updating frequently enough for me is Perfect Buddy. Um, there is like a stalker involved, but they're not talking about it. I need to know who this stalker is because they just, they, they threw a stalker in the mix and now I'm just like, mm, who's this stalker? Who's that Pokemon? Yeah, that's me right now on this. <laughs> but, you know, I have no choice but to wait. And I'm still waiting for an update on I Became the Lousy Side Top. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that shit to update. Here in the days of old. Just waiting for it to get good. Let me stop. Why am I singing? You don't want to hear me sing. I don't want to hear me sing. So why am I doing it? Also, I've been reading uh, No Arguing with Mr. Mo. Um, funny ass book. Uh, and it's my favorite subject, which is always office romance. Mm, something about that just does it for me. And I cannot explain to you what it is. It just, it does it for me. And I'm, I don't feel ashamed about it. I'm just going to say it. That's good shit right there. So the story goes is you have an antisocial boss who people don't really love, but they respect, which is cool. I respect that. Uh, he's not bad or anything like that. He's just carries himself in a way that makes him seem grandiose. And so people don't really vibe with him much. And he needs a secretary. So he gets a recommendation from uh, one of the guys who worked there. And this beautiful man starts to work. What's his name? Ah, fuck. Let me find the characters. I've been trying to do things a little bit better. Let me close some of my classes that I have in here. Characters. Why can't I spell for the life of me? 
hope you can hear the little taping in the background. It's an aesthetic. Let me stop. <laughs> Let me see this quickly. Let me hold your hand. Let me stop. Okay. Uh, so Xiao Niao, better known as Secretary Xiao, and if I pronounce that wrong, it's because I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it or not, so I'm going to hardcore overpronounce just so that I don't seem like a complete fucking idiot, um, <laughs> has become the new assistant to President Mo, like I said, who gives kind of antisocial vibes. And eventually, at the beginning, uh, Xiao is kind of low-key attracted to President Mo. He's like, okay, well, he's hot, he's rich, he's powerful. It's kind of like a, you know, no-brainer. And he tries to kind of hit on him, but he feels like Mo, President Mo, is kind of rejecting him. But it's actually that he doesn't know how to express himself. And so through the various chapters, we kind of see President Mo fumble the bag a lot when it comes to <laughs> Xiao. And then he eventually kind of grips, you know, the concept of like how to try and approach people. And you see him like really trying to make an effort, but it just keeps kind of backfiring on him because he's just, he doesn't have the skills. <laughs> But it is kind of cute. Eventually, they do kind of get with it. But there's still kind of a lot involved. There's friends. There's, like, you know, the political spears. It's who they are as people and how to, like, navigate each other. It's cute. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's cute. It's that cute. Okay? Okay. All right. We're together on this. It's cute. And I like cute shit. So, it's a me thing, bitch. <laughs> what else? Oh my gosh. So, I ended up reading My Perfect Boss. Uh, I thought it was going to be better than it was. But it wasn't. So, <laughs> let's hop into it, shall we? So, what happened is that our boy is a very bad worker. Um, He tries... He tries. Our main character is a very bad worker. And he tries. He really does. But he's just a master at pissing off his boss. And being an absolute fuck up sometimes. But one day. When his boss is actually like eating alone. Just chilling. Um, this dude decides. Hey. You know. Instead of me just going home my friends. I'm going to hang out with him. Because he seems low key lonely. Let me just go say what it is. What's up. Pero. And here's where the big butts come in. Um, he, the boss just wants to be left alone. He's like, bro, I don't know what's happening with you. Just, can you yeet out of here? But instead of listening, he keeps trying to lay on the charm. And then accidentally spills stuff on him. Like, spills some of the soup on the boss. And tries to clean it up by rubbing on his fucking dick. And... <laughs> Uh, needless to say, it didn't work out great for him <laughs> because the boss just kind of sat there, said "fuck this shit" and left, <laughs> left him looking kind of like low-key stupid. 
but uh, he came back or whatever, and he realized that his boss is actually like a cat boy, and it's part of the Animorph situation. And if you got the reference to Animorphs, then you got the reference to the freaking middle school books I used to read, and I refuse to acknowledge that in real life. But yes, I used to read those shitty books. God bless. Uh, it was a different. It was a different time back then. Needless to say, this kicks off a potential relationship. But not the star of this, because this book kind of affected me emotionally, and not many books do that. Like, I enjoy the moment or whatever, but not too many books get to do this to me. It's called Raising a Bat. Now. Or Pet Bat. Or My Pet Bat. Whatever you want to call it. This is beautiful. This is so interesting. And the art style isn't particularly good. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you the art style is, oh my god, that bonita, that blah, blah, blah. No, it's okay. It's fine. It's not a bad art style. But it's definitely very stylized. And the backgrounds are super simplified and stuff like that. But the, the emotions and the lingering of silence is gorgeous um i (laughs) look there's times where simplicity is very needed and the story so emotionally complex and break heartbreaking sometimes it's important to be able to focus in on what really matters so i'll give it to them so just as a little background for the story, our main character is called Park Min Gyum, mainly going by Min Gyum, or sometimes just Park, and he is a regular person who kind of had a really shitty childhood. Um, his father left, like, lived, you know, he lived with his father for all his life. His mother died at childbirth. And there's always been, his father's always kind of regretted his son. And his son is very pretty, but he just, he can't connect with him, right? He's just one of those parents that sit, you know those people who sit there and be like, I really want a kid, I really want a kid. And then when they have him, they don't want to take care of them. That's him as a father. And he kind of just basically ignores him most of his life until one day he has a car accident. A little kid, by the way, who's by himself almost all the time. And that's when they discovered that this child has a specific disease called hemochromatosis, which is his body absorbs too much iron and he basically overproduces blood. So this one's a little, it's, it is actually, um, it's like the opposite of anemia. So if you ever had someone with anemia, it's usually low blood, um, iron. And this one is like extremely high iron in the blood. It could be harmful to people. It can cause iron overload, build up of iron that can damage the part, include parts in like the body, like the liver, the heart, the pancreas, glands and joints. Um, yeah, it's usually an inherited disease, but it's very, very 
rare. Like, literally, it's very, very rare disease to have. You'll more likely find someone with anemia than you'll find someone with that with this particular disease. So it's interesting that they brought this up. As <laughs> someone who works kind of like in the medical field, it's kind of fun to see people use some of these um, things. Anyways, I'm sorry. I know this is weird, but <laughs> for me to bring it up, and it's like, whenever I can, it's fun to like mention some of this weird stuff that happens to the human body. The body's weird. Anyways, so to kind of stay healthy, he um, donates blood regularly, but this also comes from his father. So his father realized that he can make money basically off of his son selling his son's blood like i said there's a lot more anemics than there are these people with this specific disease so what he does is he kind of gets his son used to regularly donating his blood and the the father is a doctor by the way or some kind of medical practitioner to some degree they don't really clarify it but he's some kind of medical practitioner practitioner Anyways, so he kind of uses his son to make money. And eventually, this leads him to meeting a beautiful woman. He gets married to her. He has a daughter. And now, he loves his daughter way more than he loves his son. Because this daughter has this daughter of his has a mother. It's really fucked up, honestly. And all his life, he feels kind of like an outsider... And wants to kind of get away from his family. So when he tries to run away, the father actually finds him and goes, Okay, well, you can basically live on your own. Like, we'll rent you a small apartment, but you better not, um, but you better call when I answer. When I, um, better answer when I call, whatever. Because when it's time to donate blood, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so he feels kind of fucking annoyed and like shit it all like damn like he doesn't even want me around he just wants me for my blood and what I can do for him like that really sucks so he suffers from a lot of like internalized issues because of all the crazy shit that he's been through um mind you his sister is not his enemy his sister actually loves him a lot but there's not really much that she can do in this particular situation she's stuck between a hard a rock and a hard place and it's like, you know, it's like, what can she really do to fix any of this? The reality is nothing. So, um, he ends up moving on his own. He ends up starting high school as a third year in a different place, away from his family, giving them some space that they, what, that they wanted because the mother also doesn't, the stepmother doesn't really like him at all because she sees him kind of like the remnants of his late wife or whatever. So... Uh, he's starting his new life as a high school boy in a different providence, in a poor providence. And on his first day there, he basically gets attacked. And by when I mean attacked, I mean attacked by some kind of vampire in the back alleyway. Mind you, he doesn't mind it too much because he does have an excess of blood. But it's also like, what the fuck? He's scared that he's going to become a vampire or something. And this happens after he's basically donated blood to the local uh, hospital for some money. Like I said, it happens. So, he's on his way home and he's like, what the fuck has happened? So the next day when he shows up to school, he shows up with a turtleneck. 
And guess who's in the class? It was the same exact guy who attacked him. And he notices that he's pale and he's weird and nobody really wants to befriend him or anything like that. So he kind of keeps his distance a bit. But this guy also is kind of feeling weird. Like, oh shit, like I attacked him and he knows it's me. Ends up that this guy who attacked him is called Kim Chung Sung, who is a half-vampire boy who needs to drink blood to live. It cannot be animal blood. It has to be human blood. And... Ironically, his mommy works as the nurse in this school that he wanted to go to himself. Now, this ends up with them having this kind of weird power relationship where Park ends up being the one to be kind of like the provider um, of life for Kim. Mind you, Park is now working part-time try to pay his bills off try to budget for his like little apartment um going to school full-time trying to get into k university this is like his last year and shit so he's working really hard and he's being very focused and he finally gets a sense of power and so he kind of somewhat sees kim as like a pet and so when he does get his name on his phone, he calls him a pet. But this leads others to kind of back away from him because they're like, yo, like he's weird. And if he's hanging around you, that makes you kind of low key weird. So he kind of loses his friends in the process of that. And he starts kind of trying to test Park and see, uh, test Kim and see who he really is. Kim is actually a very sweet kid who basically was born of a father who's a vampire full vampire and a mother who's a human and their love story is very cute but regardless of that uh he wants to be kind of as normal as possible and he's currently he's always basically starving so this is like the first time he's actually had some release some fullness and this brings his mom to be happy but also kind of worried about him because, like, she was providing him blood, but she couldn't provide him enough. And so, she, this ended up getting her fired from the hospital because she ended up trying to st- steal blood, donated blood, basically. Well, the relationship keeps kind of evolving, and the sick, meekly look that Kim always had kind of goes away because now he's no longer starving. He's getting fed regularly. He's feeling better. And Park himself is also feeling a lot better because he's not constantly having to go to donate blood and this, that, and forth, but it also cuts off a stream of revenue for him. So he's working at this like little restaurant part-time or whatever, and he's doing good. And then one day they get a new employee for the summer, for the like summer break or whatever, and it's this really handsome guy who immediately is like infatuated by him. It's like, hey, you know, do you got like a like a like a sister or something? Because you look very familiar, which is a a red flag in this case scenario, but it doesn't matter. So Kim is a really good kid, but he doesn't really talk much. He doesn't express himself much because most of his life, you know, like I said, he's been starving. Uh, he's 
been in a way outcasted he's been at home most of the time he didn't have too much exposure to the outside world and the outside world that he does have they don't really talk to him too much because he isn't well adjusted but he's not bad he's very kind and he wishes to have friends inevitably he ends up joining a team and he does have friends and this starts this is where you kind of start to see the difference in lifestyle where Park didn't have family that really gave a fuck about him and he's just highly motivated and trying to do his own thing versus Kim who had a family that doted on him and gave him everything they could but he he was just in a bad situation that led him to be kind of socially isolated so when he kind of gets the opportunity to no longer be starving he now starts thinking clearly um and decides to have park kind of tutor him and they're having this together time and eventually he accidentally ends up being recruited for one of the sports teams it's a jumping sport. I don't know what it's called. I don't really care for sports. Um, so it ends up being like this jumping team or whatever. And this is where some of the jealousy starts to show up. Because their whole relationship was kind of... In, well, at least in Park's head, was based on the ability to be powerful. The ability to own something and have something of their own for like the first time. And to see him kind of be hit on by other girls and now have a club activity to go to kind of takes away from him and he tries to kind of push forward with the relationship but our boy Kim is a little too shy and he doesn't really know how to go about this this leads to a very awkward encounter and eventually it leads to Park trying to ask him out seeing the seeing how wrong he was for his behavior and trying to ask him out and unfortunately Kim freezes and doesn't really answer and that leads Park to be vulnerable like I said this is a very heavy like emotional thing this leads Park to be very vulnerable and at a perfect time for pickings so that means that the hot guy who was working with him now decides to kind of take the leap and take him out to kind of get his heart back in order because mind you Park and Kim at this point have been on dates um and they're both kind of misunderstanding each other but they both want to be together it's just that Kim can't get his words straight and then Park very quickly jumps to the most negative of situations so, um, this guy ends up being like, hey, you know, you want to drink, get you in the, I know you got your heart broken, but let's drink, let's smoke, let's get it all out of your system. And then he kind of takes advantage of Park. Because, like, he already knows he's in a bad situation, and that's what makes him a shitty person. He's already in a bad situation, and here he comes making it more complicated. They end up engaging in activities that are of a sexual nature while he's intoxicated and smoking and the Santa forth. And Park being more innocent at this point is like, hey, you know, does this mean that we're dating or whatever? And originally the guy was 
going to say no, but then kind of just went with it at that point because he was lonely. And that's so sad because he was lonely because he missed his girlfriend and his girlfriend looks exactly like Park. Yes, it's very sick and very twisted. Um, it's complicated because now when Kim does put it together and he tries to go for it, he's a little too late and he kind of feels the separation that they're having between each other. And so he tries to go and date someone else too to kind of get over his feelings. Mind you, I'm simplifying a lot of the things that happen, but um, it doesn't all end well because he's Park is Kim knows that he's using somebody and he feels very guilty for it. And one of the biggest guilts that he has is that he can't enjoy things with other people all the time. Like he can't actually partake in like eating human food and doing certain things or whatever but uh you know it ends up that he catches park ends up catching his current boyfriend cheating he kind of gets back together with um kim mind you he ends up finding out that kim has a great family and he feels like trash because of it he's like oh well you know i don't even deserve to be here and this also kind of fucks up their relationship as well. It's kind of complicated because he's like, I don't really deserve to be in this kind of love scenario. This isn't right for me. And so he kind of isolates himself. This leads for to him to start um, abusing his body. Park abuses his body. But... You know, Kim does find him in time. He takes him back with him. He takes him back to his house and kind of brings him into his family in many ways. Mind you, his mother, who's a nurse, is already kind of iffy about him and their relationship. Because this is like the first time she's watching her son really go through heartbreak like this. And seeing the kind of codependency that they have, it's... I'm telling you, it's very beautifully written because it has a lot of emotional value. And that's kind of a little hard to come by because everything is so... Yeah, some of it is very dramatic, but a lot of it is so subtle and so beautiful and so eloquently put. that it's just like, wow, it just kind of takes your breath away. There's confrontation, there's resolves. Not all the resolves are good because one of them kind of pissed me off because I wish they would have went with it but I understand that from his character point of view that that was growth on his part and I have to respect that not everyone's growth is the way you want it to be sometimes it's the way they they need to address things so yeah I found it to be like very interesting and I binged the whole thing in like two days I kid you not I binged the whole entire show the whole entire like manga in like two days so yeah, it was good. Um, I recommend that. Um, I don't say that the the art style is great. You never heard that from me because that was not the case. But otherwise, not that, that shit was fucking fire. Also, I read a real book. Yes, a real book with real words. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since I've done that. It's a Kindle book, and it's called Monsters of Midlife. 
by Melanie Ahmad. And I'm not going to lie. It was very interesting. And I'm very glad that I got it. Um, It's a monster romance with a divorcee in her 40s. Who is a cancer research scientist. Who broke up with her boyfriend. Her husband. Writer of three years. And she's been separated from him for three years. Because their relationship was kind of non-existent like they had a relationship they got married but he was more married to his job than he was to her and what his his excuse was is that he was working in the family diamond industry and that led him to be constantly far away from her and many ways neglecting her emotional needs and physical wants and this leads her to kind of put in a request for divorce because she hopes that it would scare him into getting, you know, getting his shit together. But instead, he kind of doubles down on it. And it's like, fine, like, you want a divorce? That's perfectly fine. And basically leaves everything to her. Like, divorce is, like, very amicably, amicably and just disappears, basically. And we leave her, like, we find her in, like, a state of, like, it's been three years, like, I haven't really done anything. My heart is still attached to Ryder. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do to get over this. This is not something that I planned for. And so she sees herself as, like, more frumpy and older. She has more gray hair now. Like, she's a little chubbier. Like, she moved up in the ranks a little bit, but she's satisfied where she is because she loves being a scientist. She loves being part of the research. She likes being part of the team. And... You know, she's very fulfilled otherwise when it comes to herself and her careers. But she is looking for that relationship in a way. She kind of wants him back or wants some kind of version of him. Because her thoughts are of what could have been. But this is where we kind of get two sides of the story because... We see things through her perspective and we see things through his perspective. Now, Ryder isn't actually human. Ryder is a demigod. (laughs) He is a demigod of monsters. And he was forced to take on this role because his father basically disappeared. And left his mother as a single mother of two demigod children. Now, one of them had to turn to service. And he didn't want his little brother to go. So he went himself kind of self-sacrificing himself to be in this position. They get to live for, you know, a very long time. But they're not completely immortal. But he's taken on the mantle of the god of monsters. And what his main job is to protect the realms from mixing. So catching all the demons that might go through the rifts and sending them back home. And that's why he's always constantly traveling. And he barely has any time to be home. So, when he actually dated his wife, um, he did love her and he was immediately, like, his, he was immediately calmed and infatuated with her, but he felt guilty spending his time away from the front lines. So, he was constantly in the war, like, in the war mindset. But he also felt guilty for his wife because he couldn't be there for her. And also he never diverged to her the truth that he himself was a monster or demigod of monsters. But 
so yeah like you can believe that a story you know where people are always telling you half truths it's not gonna work out a relationship built on half truths it's not gonna work so when she falls for divorce he's immediately heartbroken but he kind of falls through with it because he thinks it's the best thing for her because if people found out that he was married they're more likely to come after her because it would be an easy access point to him even though he does have a mother and he does have a brother so you know irony or whatever and this story is supposed to take place in either san francisco or like in california or something like that and so this girl is just chilling she's going on a date for the first time that's when everything kind of starts going to shit because Ryder is noticing that there's something going on and so he wants to address another demigod but what he got from him was like a cryptic answer and he felt like hey if i'm not mistaken i think my ex-wife might be in danger and also he had left his wedding um her wedding wing with her those wedding wings are actually part of a set that are actually magical rings that now he needs to collect so he goes over there and starts you know looking through her shit and she kind of feels that he's there and eventually he does show up the normal way (laughs) but this also leads to a bunch of tragedies that happen in the wake like her house gets completely attacked and brought down and into like some kind of sinkhole which is actually to tartarus and so him fearing for her life decides to kind of kidnap her kidnap her and take her away she is fighting him all the way there because she's like fuck you bro like you've abandoned me like why the fuck you coming back here out of nowhere but anyways he does kind of force her to go with her and he kind of reveals a lot of the situation even though he didn't want to this leads to a lot of revelations about her and her lifestyle mind you she's someone in her 40s and who she actually is in some of her lineage which leads them to kind of be in this weird wishy-washy condition where they both kind of want each other but they don't want to be together but they kind of low-key want to be together and it's really interesting it has gods it has monsters it has romance it has divorce and people in like older stages of their lives which i really do appreciate i feel like a lot of fantasy tends to be aimed towards either white men or kids um so i'm glad that there's something else out there but I've been talking for way too fucking long, so I'm gonna go now. Alright. Bye. Thank you for joining me. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.